I stepped here and all of a sudden there was like a light like like something like a light above me I was you know and I and I was you know I was, I was like on my phone and I looked up and I saw a, a orb like about <gasps> like this big oh my god and I, and it just kind of like like you know like dipped like two or three times and just went up and over the wall and into the into cemetery, the cemetery. <laughs> take a haunted history tour of paramount studios now while i was on christmas break i had the opportunity to take a private tour with my friend tiktoker javier of californiography if you're not following him on tiktok then you're missing out on some pretty delicious california history specifically los angeles history now javier invited me to come over to do a little haunted history tour on the paramount lot and to take a quick little tour of paramount's archives which is filled with costumes props and even screen tests and i had the opportunity to watch a very rare and very beautiful screen test of a very popular pop star back in the day so let's sit down jump onto the paramount golf cart let's touch the iron gate on the original entrance of paramount for good luck because that is tradition and let's hear the stories of the paramount lots ghosts what is truly haunting stages 29 through 32. is it true that heather o'rourke haunts one of the stages could it be the ghost of lucille ball who is haunting the lofts next to studio 25 and what area is considered to be the most haunted area in Paramount Pictures? You got to tune in to find out because it gets really creepy. It gets really weird. And Javier shares many of his personal experiences as well as the experiences of his co-workers around Paramount Pictures. So you know what to do, right? You're going to sprinkle a little circle of salt as you listen to this episode and clutch really tightly to your Celianite because we are going to get Holly Weird with Paramount Archivist and TikToker of Californiography, Javier. Let's get Holly Weird and Haunted at Paramount Pictures. think of Los Angeles, you think of show business, the movies, Hollywood, Hollywood Walk of Fame and the Hollywood sign, and all of the picture and production houses from Universal to Warner Brothers, including Paramount Pictures. You always wonder about the famous stars that walk through the gates, where they started, where were they in the middle of their career? When you also think of Los Angeles, you think of its rich history. Bryce and I have uh, mentioned this many times in our episodes. There are layers upon layers and layers of history here. Each one of them can tell you so many stories. Each one of them have their own set of ghosts. Just like Paramount Pictures, you can pale back so many layers within that place. If you just step through the iron gate and maybe press your ear against one of the walls of those buildings, they could tell you a plethora of stories. They could tell you so much gossip, so much tradition and superstitions. But they too also have a set of ghost stories. And I was certainly going to be able to hear many of these stories. So as I was about to embark into my winter break, I had the opportunity to visit and take a private tour at Paramount Pictures with my friend Javier, who actually used to work as the security guard 
at Paramount Pictures before transitioning into the Paramount Archives Department. Now, you know, in past episodes, we've always mentioned that the best people to collect a lot of haunted or unexplainable accounts from certain locations are usually the custodians and security guards. And given that Javier did work a good chunk of time at Paramount Pictures as a security guard doing those morning watches, he had quite a bit of experiences that he couldn't explain that he will share with us later in this episode. But you know how we do, we always like to touch on the history of a location before going into the ghost stories. So in order to begin, we need to go all the way back. And according to the laconservancy.org website under Paramount Pictures History, Paramount was founded in 1913 and it traces its formation to Adolf Zucar's Famous Players Film Company. Zucar's Famous Players merged with the Jesse L. Latsky Company in 1916, creating the Famous Players Latsky Corporation. The studio made its home near Sunset and Vine. By the 1920s, Famous Players Latsky was one of the most prominent studios in Hollywood. In 1926, the company purchased its present lot, formerly home to the United Studios, and embarked on an ambitious building program. The studio's name changed to Paramount in 1930 and continued to expand its film productions and theater network. It also invested heavily on radio, music, and later television. In 1967, Paramount Pictures purchased the neighboring RKO Studios lot from Desilu Productions. We'll get into that one soon. Speaking of the 60s, Paramount Pictures became a key element in the restructuring of Gulf Western from a diverse conglomerate into one focusing on media and communications. A transformation reflected when Gulf Western changed its name to Paramount Communications, Inc. in 1989. Now let's touch on some of the big films that came out of Paramount Pictures. We had 1960s Psycho, 1961's Breakfast at Tiffany's, 1970s The Love Story, and who could forget 1972's The Godfather. The list goes on and on, especially earlier pictures such as The Ten Commandments, Sunset Boulevard, and of course, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. But it wasn't just pictures, they also produced amazing shows there. Memorable shows such as I Love Lucy and of course The Brady Bunch, Happy Days, Cheers, and Frasier. A majority of these are actually shot in Lucky Studio 25, which is actually conveniently located next to a set of lofts that were occupied by Katherine Hepburn and Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Now, keep in mind earlier that I mentioned that Paramount Lot was actually Desi Lugauer Studios from 1957 to 1967. And I Love Lucy was filmed on stage 25 from 1962 to 1968. I mean, we could go on and on with more historical facts connected to Paramount Pictures, but there is one that I have to bring up before we hit our interview with Javier and take our tour. It's the history of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and it's a strange history. I mean, that's another rabbit hole that we're going to go down later on in our episodes. But the thing is, Paramount Studios shares a wall with Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And for those that are not too familiar with Hollywood Cemetery, um, let's just say that this cemetery holds 80,000 grave sites, including more dead Hollywood icons than anywhere in the world. Burial sites include Jane Mansfield, Peter Lore, Mickey Rooney, Douglas Fairbanks, Cecile DeMille, and of course, Bugsy Siegel and rocker Johnny Ramone. Honestly, the list goes on and on and on. Now, according to an article on splicetoday.com, the history of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery is definitely strange and fraught with tons of scandals. I'm telling you, we are going to have to make another episode on this. But real quickly, it was founded in 1899 on 100 acres and originally called Hollywood Cemetery. Now here's where Paramount gets involved. RKO Studios purchased 40 acres and this became the Paramount Studios lot. Part of the remaining land was put aside for Beth Olam Cemetery, the only Jewish burial ground in Hollywood. 
1939 convicted felon Jules Roth purchased a 51% stake in the property, and for the next six decades, Roth used cemetery funds to pay for personal luxuries while the grounds fell into disrepair. There were other things, too, that Roth was very shady about and low-key racist for doing, such as forbidding minorities from being buried within the cemetery. This included actress Hattie McDaniel, Gone with the Wind, who expressed a desire to be buried among her peers. In the 1950s, Roth even purchased a boat he claimed he needed to scatter clients' ashes. Mm -mm. Instead, the yacht was used for parties and liaisons with women. As headstones and crypts began crumbling, questions arose about the use of cemetery funds. A disgruntled employee alerted the IRS and Roth was forced to sell the land to settle the tax debt. I mean, I'm telling you, the city is filled with layers and layers and layers filled with stories along with fraud and tax debt. All right. So let's hop on the Paramount Pictures golf cart with my friend Javier. The date is December 19th, 2022, and the time is 2 p.m. And I'm ready to take this haunted history tour with my friend. And he goes over some pretty interesting history about the Paramount lot. And part of that lot was actually an active boulevard called Marathon Boulevard. That was a street that had shops and apartments and even a bank. And you see kind of remnants of it around Paramount Pictures. If you ever decide to take a tour, they'll definitely go over this with you. It's really astonishing. And... There's this building that he took me by that I didn't record in time, but he was talking to me about the Mary Bigford building. And through the entrance, this glass entrance, you can actually see a bank vault, which is really, really cool. And of course, next door to the Mary Pickford, he'll talk about it very soon, is the Rudolph Valentino building. It's a Dutch style building that actually was a set of apartments when it was a part of this public boulevard. And this uh, former residence has a residence ghost of its own. So we'll get into that very soon. So sit back, relax, hold on to the rails of the golf cart as we take this tour with my friend Javier. That's the, the copy room. <laughs> so this used to be the bank back when it first opened. Yeah, it, it, it was back. When, so I'll, I'll show you when we get over to the admin building. Okay. But basically, that little brick thing we were on yeah. was called Marathon Avenue. So it was actually a street that ran through here. Because where you oh. just came in isn't the original entrance. Uh-huh. The original entrance is over here. Here. Over there, you can see where the palm trees are. Yeah. That's the original like entrance. But it's a block up. So we'll pass through the original gates. So all of this used to be a street where people drove on, and this was actually an apartment complex. Oh. So, so this, this is where all like this Tudor style building yes, used this, to be this apartments. Used to be apartment complex, and in here, um, I had friends that worked in this building, um, and they had a ghost. One of my friends they called the ghost the Angry Man. Um, that's what they called it. Um, they said every time she would work here late, um, they would hear like door slamming or you know just things like like a, a really overbearing feeling of like dread <clears throat> and sometimes she would be in there and she would walk into the copy room and everything was fine she would walk out you know come back a few minutes later and all the papers would be strewn about you know so they were always kind of like it was just whatever it, presence or whatever thing they feel in there is like they just called it the angry man it just i guess he doesn't like you know whatever you know people being around their paperwork i don't know but that was a story that she had um, I like to say I'm a skeptical believer, so I I, I believe that there's got to be something because we're all energy, right? That energy yeah. Um So I've had experiences here, and the only ones that I tell people about are the ones that I can't explain. So I came into this building one while I was working graveyard. I came into this building. Um, I went into one of the conference rooms to do my report, and this building only has three entrances to it. There's one here on the south side there's one in the front that's a key card access and then there's one down in the basement that is also like you know you have you can have you have a key for it mm -hmm. so when we're here at night we lock everything up 
So I walked in there, threw through the door into the conference room, and I was writing my report, and I hear somebody run down the hallway above me and slam a door. <gasps> and immediately I thought, it's going to be one of these guys playing a prank on me, you know, it's, you know, they're bored, it's three in the morning, you know, whatever. So I, I get up, I run upstairs, I go up and down the hallway, and there's nothing there. I go one story up, you know, back and forth there, nothing. So it's, it's got to be one of these guys. So I, I go to one of the gates where we have the computers where we can see where people scan in and out because yeah. i was by this door there's no way that somebody came in and i didn't hear them so they must have come in through the front door um and i checked in there nobody scanned in and out there's people on the radio they were calling you know where they were at and they were like in other corners of the lot so the people that i could account for that would have been the ones responsible for that were elsewhere, elsewhere so it's one of those things yeah. where it's like i can't I didn't see anything. I heard it, but it was one of those things where I can't explain you it. You can't explain so, it, yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where I just chalk it up to maybe it was the angry man. That is smart that you did that. That you went and you went to go see the login of the scans. When did Paramount open again? It was in the early so, 1900s, see, right? That's, that's the problem. I, I'm so bad with dates. Okay. Um, but, like, so the, the studio, I think it's been here since, like, 19... I want to say... Yeah, it's definitely the early 1900s, like 1920-something is when we they moved to here. Because prior to being here, when it was like uh, the Jesse, it was like Jesse Lasky players, mm -hmm. the the studio was, it was like in a barn, like in Hollywood, like over there off of like, uh, uh, it actually, the barn's still there. It's the uh, the Hollywood Museum. That's mm -hmm. right by the Universal Amphitheater. Yeah. That's the barn where the, like the famous Lasky players started. So that's basically like the origins of like the studio is like that famous Lasky players. Uh, but then they moved to this property. I, I, like I said, I don't remember when I'm very bad with dates, but yeah, it's like in the early, in the, in the twenties when they moved over here. Ah, oh, okay. Um, and then you see here, like you can see it says 54, 54 marathon. Yeah. That's what I was telling you about. This, this used to be a street. Street. So cars, and that was cars the name of the drive. street? Or? It was marathon. It was and marathon. And the address was 54, 54 oh, marathon. Oh my gosh. So it's still that, this is where all of our, you can see the Paramount, you know, Paramount Picture Corporation up there. Yeah. Um, and this is where all of our uh, executives, their offices are. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, like, so so people would just drive up and down the street. And then, like, when extras wanted to get work, they would all line up over here at the gate. So this is, this is the So Paramount. this is the original this gate. Is the original oh, gate my gosh. Yeah. Is when, when you pass through these gates, you got you to gotta touch it for good luck. So, so this is the tradition. You this, touch the iron, the original yep. iron gate to Paramount. All right, for good luck. I need it. I need a lot of it yes. today. <laughs> so every time we pass through here, we're always like, for good luck. That's um, awesome. Oh, I love hearing about these other traditions. And one of the cool things I always point out here is they have this, this memorial here is to all the Paramount employees that uh, made the ultimate sacrifice in World War II. So it's like all our... Oh. A plaque that they installed there to, um, in honor of all the, the Paramount employees who fought in, in World War II. So, yeah, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't notice. But, it, yeah, it's been there since um, since it's been installed. It has been, uh, as, far, as far as I know, it's never been moved from there. But, um, yeah, that, would, that was one of those yeah. things that's kind of, of a cool little history of, like, yeah. the, the studio, you know, not you know, the, of its employees. That we actually had employees yeah. that fought for yeah. the country. This, this here is... Uh, this thing here is the dressing room building this is where they had like uh, the dressing rooms for like the actors and actresses and, and things like that now it's all office space um, and one day I was up on the uh, on the third floor uh, and I was sitting the same same thing you know it's like you go you're going through you're, you're doing your rounds mm -hmm. and then you got to write a report you know so you find you know I, I always found a, a conference room or somewhere that was you know empty to sit down and write my report and I was sitting there and I kept hearing people arguing and it sounded like it was like a man or a woman that were arguing and it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I should, you know, is that a TV? Because, you know, sometimes people are, are playing movies or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, no, that sounds like somebody arguing. So I, like, stood up. And it sounded like it was coming from above me, but I was on the highest floor. I was on the third floor. There was no floor above me. So I kind of, like, stopped and then, like, listened and, like, I didn't hear it anymore. So, you know, it was one of those things I, I went out and kind of went up and down the hallway, kind of seeing if maybe, you know, you whatever. Assessed, yeah. Um, I, you know, again, it was one of those things where I, I, I didn't find anybody else there. I can't explain it. Can I really say it was ghosts? I don't know. It could have been somebody left the TV on. You know, I don't know. But it was one of those things that kind of gave me pause. Like, yeah, hey, I, I I know I heard somebody arguing above me. There's nobody above me. Um, 
I couldn't find anything to explain it. So it's one of those things where I just chalk it up to, you know, I don't know. It, it might have been. Maybe. Who knows? might have been a television. Yeah. Or, I mean, it could have been an energy or a residual where maybe it was an actress rehearsing a very intense scene with an actor and that was absorbed maybe it's residual like it's like that's what i always try to tell people like we really don't know what we're dealing with at times yeah i always i'm I'm a big fan of like the theory of like uh that time exists everything exists at the same time like in like in a like in a plane kind of thing so it's like so we're here and then at this exact moment like 50 years ago somebody's doing some other thing and sometimes there's like those like tears in in the in time where you're experiencing something that happened at this exact same spot like you know years ago if you if you adhere to like the theory of like energy you know and 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 things being energy like residual energy i mean Mm -hmm. that that's that that's a big part of that too if if there's a really strong emotion uh attached to something i mean you know yeah you just what was that i remember back in the day it was like a vhs replaying itself all over again yeah yeah like it rewinds and plays again rewinds plays again that's so true um, but yeah, so going back to what you asked me, um, so we're gonna pass by stage nineteen right now. So stage nineteen is is one of those that um, people say is like you know like haunted or whatever. And the story that's that's told here is that uh, the little girl from uh, Poltergeist, yeah, um, that she they filmed Happy Days there, and supposedly the story goes that uh, you know um, the little girl from Poltergeist. She, she worked here when she was on happy days and they would let her one of her favorite things to do was to run up in the catwalk and run around laughing and the story that's told here is that she died here and if you've like looked up the story she didn't die here she died very young but yeah. she died in the hospital like some like exactly. stomach ailment you know, some stomach some some undiagnosed stomach yeah it was like thing. an obstruction yes that was misdiagnosed they yes. thought it was one thing and it turned out being completely something yeah. different so but the story is that supposedly she haunts this place now me trying to think critically who lets a, a a child run up in the catwalk and you know that's right. like you know 20 think 25 27 30 feet up so um i don't know i think it's one of those things where you know because she has like a little bit of connection to this to the stage and because she was in a very scary movie um people like make that connection um i don't buy it i don't you know really believe it but there's people that say that they've had stuff um like happen here um I've never had anything happen here. I don't. I, uh, there's people that have, you know, like that work here that will like try to like contact the spirit and do all that kind of stuff. And those people end up just scaring themselves, you know. But I've, <laughs> I I've heard never, something yeah. in the catwalk. Yeah. One of my friends actually scared somebody because he came in to to close up the stage, and the person was standing in the middle of the thing, and he went. We walked up to him, and the guy didn't hear him walk up to him, and he put his hand on his shoulder, let him know, "Hey, you can't be in here." And the guy like jumped because he he was so focused on what he was doing that he didn't hear him come in to say tell him hey man i'm sorry but you can't be in here we gotta lock up and he almost gave that guy a heart attack (laughs) because yes paramount was what is it the big the big was it the big three the big five i think they were considered an rko this was the rko side yeah and Paramount's still like the only it's the, like the only major studio still in Hollywood mm-hmm. um, you know because like all the big ones like you know Universal's over at Universal City of course Warner Brothers is up in Burbank although you know I mean not now the studios like Netflix and um, you know Netflix is up the street now um, so you know there, there there's other there's other studios uh, around but as far as like the the big original studios like Paramount is, is the last original is it haunted? Is the Gower Theater haunted? <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure I, there's people that tell stories about that. I haven't heard that one. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, the stories that I've heard and the yeah. stuff that I've had, but also, like, the the things that were, like, debunked, that, that we debunked, sort of, like, when somebody said, hey, this is, a, you know, whatever. Uh, but also, you know, some of the interesting stuff here. Like, here, here's one of my favorite things here. One of those tour guides is pointing it out right now, but um, they filmed Cheers here, and... The story goes that, like, um, right in that cement there, uh, Woody Harrelson uh, signed and put his handprints in the shoe prints. And supposedly, if I remember correctly, uh, he had, I think it was him and Ted Danson, or I forget who else was on Cheers. They dared him to run around the lot naked. And he <laughs> ran around the lot naked. And the, and the afterwards, he signed his name in the cement. So they're in the cement there that says it's Woody Harrelson and has got his... his uh, 
his footprints and handprints, I think, in, in that little piece of cement. This is the uh, Luzi bungalow. bungalow. And tell us the stories of what's connected to these bungalows. So the, the, little, the building that has the awning there, yeah. uh, that's, supposedly that was the entrance to, um, to Lucy's office. Um, and Lucy and Desi had offices next to each other. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of stories of, like, womanizing and all that kind of stuff that would go on here. So there's, like, a lot of negative, like, energy, like, negative stuff that's associated with this building. Um, me, personally, whenever I'd have to go to the second floor, I always felt like something didn't want me to be in there. I never had anything happen to me, but it was just that feeling of dread going in there. I had one friend who's, who, who, worked, who worked here who went up there and he was walking down the hallway and he says he felt footsteps coming towards him <gasps> and he kind of stopped suddenly and then the footsteps started running towards him and he says he felt like something went through him and he ran out of that building <laughs> so so and 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 but th- with this building it was hit or miss like there was people that would say i've never felt anything in here and there's other people that are like i hate going in that building yeah. so it was, it was it was split down the middle some people were like oh you guys are crazy i never felt anything in there and there's other people that were like nope well, yeah. I definitely feel like dread. I I feel like something doesn't want me in there. I feel like I'm being watched. It's just you know it it, it was it was right down the middle with the people that you talk to. It's, it's some people have stories about those kind of things, and other people are like, there's nothing there. So it, it's just one of those that like maybe some people are more sensitive to to things like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely one of those um, that I like I said I never had any tangible like i saw something i felt something like touch me or whatever but i i just had that overall like feeling of like dread being in there like something just didn't want me to be inside that building yeah yeah now is it true this is a story that i've heard that lucille's balls uh costume designer or costumer passed away either in this bungalow or the desi lu building over holiday is that true i've never heard that okay yeah i've never the only thing i know about here is you see this this like yard here yeah this is a replica of lucille ball's backyard oh and so what they actually did was they they did that so that whenever they like had like photo shoots and stuff like her with her kids they could be like look lucy's home and she's that she's running a studio when in reality she was here running the studio but they just made this look like her backyard of course it's hollywood exactly (laughs) exactly um and and actually that that you see where the little two lights are there yeah that actually used to be bricked up so supposedly the story was that that was the entrance to desi's office and because lucy knew what he was doing she had that brick up so that anybody that came to visit him had to go through her office (laughs) in order to go see him um i don't know if that's true but for savage Lucy, she's a savage. For sure, that that door was bricked up for years, and just recently they they reopened it. So yeah, it was it was bricked up. So that is savage. Savage. She's like, no, no, not on my watch. So this is the building where people claim they hear typewriters, right? Yeah. Next to the bungalows. Okay. So um, one of the guards, uh, somebody said, hey, there's I hear a typewriter going off in there. And they're like, mm, okay. So they went in there, checked, and they they went in there. They heard the typewriter going off, <gasps> and so they walked into the to the office, and it was one of those electric typewriters, mm-hmm. and it was just stuck. So they just unstuck it, and that stopped. But somehow that became the like, story of like, oh, like there's like typewriters, like there's a ghost that likes to typewrite Type, or yeah. whatever. And it makes um, sense because of the time period, typewriters, right. yeah. But yeah, one of the one of the guards went up there and was like, nope, this, this thing's just jammed it's not <laughs> it's just doing its own thing you know but um you know after he after he you know whatever moved the button hit something it stopped so and oh. they, they didn't hear it again so it was one of those things where you know someone was like scared like i'm not i'm not going up there you go up there yeah but it was just a machine yeah, just just, uh, just malfunctioning malfunctioning yeah. always a reason behind something many of the time so uh, stage 32 is where they filmed I think they Red I think, Fox. I think it was the Red Fox show. I oh, okay. Uh, Red Fox had a heart attack on stage, like during you know when they were filming, mm-hmm. and they say he died here. Um, he didn't. You know they they put him on the ambulance. You know he passed away outside of the the you know the the studio lot. But right. because of that story, there's people that say that they hear things here, that they feel things here. I never had anything happen here, but that's one of the often repeated stories here is that you know um, that the ghost of Red Fox. Rome's, oh, yeah, Rome's stage here. 32 yeah. 
But he he shot his shows here, correct? Like I I, I think it, I want to say it was the Red Fox show that, uh-huh. was, that was shot here. It wasn't Sanford and Son. It was like a later a later, a later show. yeah show that he yeah. did before his passing. Uh, I mean, it could be a residual, could be something that was left behind, but who knows? And then now we're in New York. Look at me, I'm in New York. Yeah. Heard a story about like the New York lot. Apparently people have seen figures, lights, yeah. and apparitions, supposedly. So, so, so the ones that, that are often repeated is people see, they say they see a shrouded figure that, that walks through the wall into the cemetery. Because the cemetery is literally just on the other side of this wall. Yeah. Um, Rudolph Valentino's buried over there. Um, so one of the often repeated stories is it's the ghost of Rudolph Valentino that, you know, that walks through New York street and heads over there. I don't know about you, but if I'm dead, I don't want to go to work. So I don't know. You know yeah. why you know, would? <laughs> but it might be, again, it might be a residual thing. It might be, you know, whatever. Um, but here in, in one of these facades, the story goes that, um, there was actually somebody that passed away in one of the facades here that, that, it, that was a confirmed story of an employee that passed away here. Um, so, so someone did pass away. Yeah, so, some, 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 somebody, I can't remember if it was like a, I forget what, what department they were in, but like somebody, well actually, no, I shouldn't say they passed away. They, they had like a, again, same like Red Fox, they had a heart attack and, you know, they were taken to the hospital. So, you know, it's like something happened here like that traumatic. Um, and people say that they, um, they, they, they've felt that presence of somebody in, in, in this facade here, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they've had people say that they've heard, you know, somebody speaking or been touched or like uh, cold spots, that kind of stuff. So that's that's the one story that, I, that I've heard about this this corner here of the, this facade is that there was somebody that uh, I think it was either a heart attack or a stroke or something, you know, that happened in the facade. Um, and then, you know, they they were you know rushed to the hospital they unfortunately passed away and you know supposedly that's the story that that person oh. kind of still lingers, lingers or here. maybe it's just an energy like an energy form yeah like an egregore like something that has just been placed here probably from stories or probably from that pain or whatever they were going through but that is i yeah. mean there's so many things that could yeah. like be yeah. connected to that but it's also the cemetery back yeah, there. Oh, no, yeah. And then, from, and then one of the first nights that I ever worked here. Oh, boy. Um, I had. As a security guard? As a security guard, yeah. Uh-huh. I had, I had a, 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 an experience here that was one of the <gasps> first ones that I, again, like, that's when I'm like, all right, yeah, I can't really explain that because it was, you know, weird. So I was, I was here working at night. I was, there was a set here that I was, you know, watching and I was walking you know, making my rounds, and I passed right in front of this, this staircase here, mm-hmm. and I got to, like, right here, and I heard somebody run up the stairs behind me, and two or three in the morning, you know, nobody else is here. Um, oh, boy. There actually, there was there was guys working on the other side. Um, they were setting up something for, for a shoot the next morning. Yeah. Um, so I heard somebody run up the stairs here, so I stopped, went up the stairs, and I tried the door. The door was not on the hinge. So you couldn't move the door, you know, oh, open it. Crap. So I was like, okay, well, that, was, that was weird, you know, because, yeah. you know, if I thought somebody's playing a trick on me. They ran up there. They, they ran inside. But I went up and the door was off the hinge. So it was, you know, it was just propped against it. So nobody could have just run in there. So I came down. I, I went inside, you know, I went through here, went inside the facade. I was looking for somebody. Didn't see anybody. Went outside to the other side and the guys that were working on the other side were sitting down eating lunch um you know they're having like sandwiches you know whatever and i was hey like do you guys uh see anybody run through here and like you're the only person we've seen here like you know wow. all night man oh and i was God. like oh okay cool that's cool and you know again i didn't see anything i didn't feel anything but i i clear as day heard you know like the four or five steps taken right behind me like stomping i turned around look nobody there so you know and and again i went to go kind of look um what was it i don't know know. (laughs) but i definitely heard something and i wasn't half asleep i was you know wide awake because i was you're alert because you of course it was cold so you know yeah uh, you have to i mean that's your job and you have to be alert and be prepared to observe and see what's going on i mean i can imagine the other thing that happened to me over here that's another one of those things where I can't explain. Um, I was 
I, I, I was always trying to be very efficient when I did my rounds. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I didn't turn lights on because if I, if I turn the lights on, you turn the house lights on in the stages, it takes forever for them to warm up. And then usually you have to go back the way you came in. So I always try to like go in one door, make my rounds and go out another door to, you know, to be very efficient. Right. So I, 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 I came in this building and I walked out this side and there's usually lights that they have here that are on. Mm-hmm. They were they were doing a night shoot, so um, there was no nights. There was no lights on here because once once the production got done, there was no lights. So I walked out of out, out of the side of this door right here. Oh. Uh, and this building wasn't. This was brand new. This wasn't here. So this was just kind of like empty here. And I walked out of this door right here, and I I stepped here, and all of a sudden there was like a light, like like something like a light above me. I was, you know, and I, and I was, you know, I was, I was like on my phone and I looked up and I saw a, a orb like about <gasps> like this big. Oh my God. And I, and it just kind of like, like, you know, like dipped like two or three times and just went up and over the wall. And into the into cemetery. The cemetery. <laughs> oh my and, God. And I, I, I like hopped on my bike and I, I like rode to the other side to see if maybe I could see like, you know, whatever it was, you know, like what, like what was that thing? Right. Um. And then I actually rode into the office to ask if they had footage of, because we have cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this spot right here, there was no footage. Like, there's, like, the cameras, what they had to point it in some other direction or whatever. But, like, there's, like, literally, you see me, like, um, just riding my bike. Yeah. Like, going that way. But there's nothing of me coming out of here, you know, kind of looking. And you just see me riding my bike going that way, like, fast. Because I was trying to see if I could, if I could catch it on the other side to see right. maybe, like... I was imagining something or whatever, but um, yeah, there was no. Once again, no something footage. unexplainable. Yeah. That is insane. But that one, that one did. That was the one time I have ever seen something. And again, you know, it's like one of those things where, like, what was it? Could it have been ball lightning? I don't know. That's super rare. I'd like, <laughs> like ball. How was lightning. how was the night? Was it still? Uh, no, was it, it was, clear? It was still. It was a clear night because yeah. I, I remember um, looking up and there was nothing. Uh, like there was no backdrop to it. It was like no clouds or nothing. It was just literally just this this little like like softball sized ball of light, just kind of kind of like floating, kind of little sort of just very slowly kind of bobbed up and down like twice, and then just went up and over <laughs> like the wall. Like doo yeah. <laughs> What color was it? It was just like it was like just white. Like just it, a white just ball a of white light. Ball of light. Yeah. It was I've almost, seen yeah. and I've heard those types of anomalies. You know, people describing anomalies that look like that. It wasn't just dust. I mean, dust doesn't look that large yeah. and that bright. Right. No, yeah. and the thing is, too, like, if, if it was, like, on camera, you could always be like, oh, that's probably, like, a dust yeah. or a bug. But, like, no, I saw this thing. It was, like, a, a ball of light. It was, And it wasn't, like, a like a, um, like a spherical circle. It was kind of, like, you know, like, nebulous kind of, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and, yeah, it was just up and over. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, uh, anybody else see that? No, just me? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but again, it's one of those things where, like, you know, I I, I want to believe. I want to find something, you know, um, and I couldn't find any evidence. I couldn't find any video of, you know, of the of the orb in any of our of our cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is uh, here is just for like the the film history. This is where uh, um, when Sunset Boulevard, when they're working like you know late at night writing scripts and stuff like that. This is this is where. Um, this is the writer's building. In, in, oh, uh, and this was featured in Sunset. In Sunset. Right <gasps> now, this is where, um, I think his name's like Holden. William Holden. William yeah, Holden William was Holden, here. Yeah, is, is here working like late at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this this is part of that small little self-contained city, right? It, uh, yeah, that's so, what it feels like. You guys have your own, I think you have your own fire department yeah, and police and, department. And, and, and security and, officers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the f- our own fire department. Yeah. Um, yeah, have the like, medic yeah, right there. Yeah, secu- all, those, all yeah, everyone's like when I worked in security, everybody was like first aid trained, AED certified, you know, AED trained. Um, some of us were like AED certified, first aid certified. Um, and then, you know, we have our own little hospital, like slight little med- medical offices. We have like our nurses here in case, you know, anybody has an accident. Um, luckily, most of the time we're just getting flu shots or, or other things like that here. Yeah, your um, COVID testing. Yeah, and- yeah, hydration, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but the other cool part about that is that we also have a barbershop and a salon here. And, <gasps> and this here is our barbershop here. No and, way. And this, is a, this is a newly named <laughs> right Francis Ford Coppola. Like, uh, like you know, this is our Francis Ford Coppola Avenue. 
Um, but the interesting story about the barbershop is that um, supposedly back in the day, um, you know, some of the actors would go off lot when they were on lunch break and go have a couple margaritas across the street. <laughs> and then they would come back and, you know, they were in no shape for working. And they'd always be like, well, you can't go off lot. Like, oh, I'm going to go get a haircut. So in order to stop that excuse, they put a barbershop here on the lot so they couldn't use that as an excuse to, to get off the lot. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we'll move the barber here. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll move the barber here. So They're like, great, can you move a bar here yeah. too <laughs> next door? <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. And then here is the Edith Head um, building. So oh. this is where most of our customers, um, you know, they, they have, you know, the costumes for all the shows and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, they come here. Um, and that's, that's one place that's like, supposed to be haunted as well. I've heard stories I've and heard. no one can give me anything concrete. They were like, there's several like sections of the shop where people hate to stand. Yes. Apparently there's a couple of apparitions. And yeah, that, that, that's, that's all that I've heard as well. That, you know, there, there's certain places that people don't like to venture into. To yeah. Into. And it's, I mean, I, I, especially like when you're there late at night and it's just you know a bunch of like clothes hanging on a hanger or like there's mannequins or you know whatever like that is you know your eyes play tricks on you but i've heard people say that they've they've heard things there they've felt you know being touched um you're just that that feeling of like dread or being watched i i never experienced that experienced that in there um, i can tell you that uh was it this, one of these buildings here somebody had a, a, a stand uh, a full-size Indiana Jones statue that would scare the crap out of me because they would move it. So I would go around the corner one day, and there's there's a there's a dude just you know with you know Indiana Jones with his whip back, and oh, I just get scared. And then next time I would go in there, I'm like, oh, remember that statue's right here. And then I turn, it wasn't there, and I make a right, and it was over there. That that's the only thing I have oh. here is somebody somebody was playing a joke on us because they kept moving that statue to, <laughs> to, to to keep us guessing where it was at, you know? Right. But yeah, but the, but the, the, the Edith Head yeah. costume department, yeah, obviously has a lot of specters. Supposedly, I can yeah. never. I, I've heard from people like I get it; they don't want to get in trouble, but they don't really go into the stories. Mm -hmm. But they're like, we just don't like being in certain areas of that shop. Yeah, that, that, that's the same thing that I've always ever heard is people. Oh, I just don't like going in there. You yeah, know, but, they, but never like a specific like, oh, this yeah. this happened or that happened. It's just always like, yeah, it's just a get a creepy vibe or. I thought I heard somebody or, you know, that kind of, those kind of stories. Yeah. Um, and then this is our little, like, uh, they turn this into an alley, you know, for, for filming. Um, you know, like they always try to like, uh, uh, maximize, you know, the amount of space that can be used for, for production. I so noticed they, that. Yeah, so they turn this into a little alley. And then if you noticed a lot of the buildings, all the buildings are painted the same color. Like, yeah. And that's because it's very easy to paint that whatever color you want to yeah. change it to whatever you want it for to any be. scene that they yeah. need a shooter on here exactly. um then we're gonna head over to the northeast corner of the lot um, because that's the other spot where i have something happen to me um, oh, wow so i was that 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 is the gate that's the closest uh to the cemetery um um, yeah, again, we have our own gas station, you know, so people can... Uh, Tell me, what is going on with this building? Oh, so, so the, What is this called again? The Hollywood the, Heaven building or yeah, something it, like that? It's like the... Hollywood the, Heaven's apartment. Alex... It was like the Alexandros? Alexandros? Uh, uh, the Alexander, that's what it's called. The yeah. Alexander um, uh, apartment building. And yeah, the owner of that building just is a, supposed to be like... Or I don't know if it's still the same owner, but whoever... whoever started that apartment building was like a like a character um they love like really like it's loud very very, very very like loud colors and just you know so um yeah it's, it's always been painted some crazy like like right now it's you know like uh, like a pinkish purplish yeah. hue but yeah it, it's it's always very very like highlighter colored <laughs> yeah you know like super decorative uh i've never i've never been in there but yeah it's um, it's supposed to be a fun place to live and, and, and you know, people like uh, have stories about like, you know, partying there and that kind of stuff from like, you know, in the 70s or the 80s, I think. It looks like that. So the building that we're talking about, I always pass by this building anytime I'm trying to get to uh, Melrose, but it's like this eccentric 
Greco-Roman style like <laughs> building and it's I think at one point it was hot hot pink and I think it's like there's a sign that says Hollywood Heavens Apartments or the Alexandria Apartments and it's just very eccentric and it's it's a it's its own character on the street in yeah, my opinion no, definitely it's you you notice it <laughs> <laughs> so this this leads in over here uh, let's see if I can I get so amazed how. No, I'm being here. You're you're fine. I'm so. I might actually just pull this way and just park and walk that way. Thank you. How like these carts go through tight. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm gonna. gonna. So one day I was over here working the you know the we call it the morning watch, which is like the the, you know you work overnight the third shift, Mm -hmm. and I was I was at the gate and. As we're gonna pass by, you're gonna see. There's really isn't a way for anybody to sneak up on you. It, it's it's very hard to have somebody sneak up on you without you being able to see them coming. So I was sitting there and I had my back to the wall, and I I heard somebody go, hey, right in right in my ear, and I and I felt the breath of the person. No. And I felt the hair on the back of my of my neck stand up. Um, Good night. You can, you can see like it's hard for how is there's how no is way that for possible it is me. completely gated the gates are like almost eight nine feet tall there's and, a security post right here and i was sitting inside that building so, <gasps> so where this door is uh-huh. where that window you see a little mirror i was sitting right there with my back to that window so there's no way for somebody to come up from behind me and whisper in my ear and say hey right here there's no way um so i heard that and i immediately got up I like looked out the wind. I looked out the door because you know at night sound carries. So I was like, well, maybe somebody's somebody said hey down the street, and I just heard it. But I, I felt it in my left ear. I felt the breath in my left ear. There's no way that somebody snuck up on me here. Um, and again, you know, like it wasn't like my first my first shift on that on that uh, time period. You know, we're used to being up, and I was pretty early on. I think it was like maybe like around. 11 30 or midnight so it wasn't yeah. too far into my shift so it wasn't like i was dozing off or that kind of thing um but i heard it clear as day somebody say hey and i just turned around look there's nobody there i can't explain it yeah so it was one, it's one of those i always tell people like i don't know what it was but somebody somebody said hey like same same thing like new york new york city is like the most active place that i've ever experienced anything um, so I'll, you could say that for the record in your opinion from your experiences uh new york street is the most active area in the Paramount Studios. That's definitely the place that I've felt, the, I've had the most weird sort of like, I can't explain that experiences is definitely on the back lot. Right. Um, one time I was I was there, I was working a, a set watch and same thing, you know, like they, they, they had had, they had had some, some props go missing. You know, they, they didn't know if somebody had misplaced them or somebody was taking stuff. So they could just make sure you watch this this particular facade because we want to make sure that nothing nothing's going on here. Right. So, so I was sitting in there. I I, I had the light, I, the lights were off. My my flashlight was off. So I'm like, hey, I'm gonna just sit here and in case somebody is you know kind of doing something, I'm gonna hide here and just see if I can catch them doing it. Right. And I was sitting there, my back to the wall. Um, the door was on my left hand side, um, so I could see somebody come right in. And then I felt somebody put their hand on my right shoulder and it was like ice cold. And I felt the pressure of somebody's hand on my shoulder. And I immediately like got up and I turned up my turn my flashlight on and I kind of looked around and there was nothing there. I was like, I thought maybe something fell on me. I thought maybe something, you know, like I don't know. I was trying to see like what like what what could I what could have possibly happened that explains feeling like something grabbed your shoulder right and there was nothing there there was no Whoa. there was no ac unit on where i could say oh it was like a cold draft now or, they touching you, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. touching and yeah. whispering your ear yeah. it's like take me out for a drink <laughs> take me out for a haircut <laughs> exactly so um yeah so that, that was one of those again one of those where i can't explain it i i know i clear as day i felt like you know somebody, what you felt yeah, yeah somebody touched my shoulder um and I got up, I turned my flashlight on and wanted to see, you know, like, hey, like, you know, maybe something fell. Who knows? Maybe something, you know, Hit my came, came off the wall or nothing. I, could, I couldn't but explain it. But you couldn't it. explain it. Nope. When these phenomenons are happening to you, these occurrences, like, do you know, like, what time they happen? It's just mainly between, like, when you're here by yourself, late hours? 
when so like that one that particular one was pretty early on in the night like that one was like maybe like eight nine o'clock at night maybe yeah um all the other ones were like in like the after like 11 like between 11 and 3 is, was was all the other ones that i've had where i've heard like the you know the somebody whispering in my ear or the the ball of light or you know the hearing people arguing all that kind of stuff was like between 11 and 3 yeah know? but um yeah people say all that that the stuff that they the stories that they tell happen at all kinds of <laughs> weird hours of the day but um yeah because i was working you know mostly that graveyard shift that's that's most of the time that i was here um and ever since i stopped working in security i don't i, I don't have any of haven't haven't had any of that because i'm here you know during the daytime has know? has anyone um that you worked with in security have they experienced things too just, or seen or felt just the ones that i said about like the the feeling dread or in, or yeah. in the lucy bungalow um or the uh in that facade in new york where i tell you that they say that somebody supposed somebody had passed or had a, a heart attack or a stroke or something in that in that facade yeah those are the only two places that where people have said that they've experienced something that the people that i know and then everything else is just the stories that are always kind of repeated of you know oh stage 19 or stage 30 or those kind of things um but th- those are the only the only places where i've had somebody that i've worked with say oh no yeah i i, I felt that here or i or i heard that here is is those two places the and of course the the typewriter that was stuck <laughs> in in that other building yeah, yeah. it was just a malfunction yeah. we hope it is i'm telling you javier is just a wealth of knowledge and Boy, did he have a bunch of stories. Now, he definitely saved the best for last. And that is the tour of the Paramount Archives. Now, if you ever do book a tour at Paramount, you are given the opportunity to take a tour within their archives building. And this is like the mecca of everything. It is one ginormous time capsule of everything and anything that was involved in a Paramount Pictures film. Everything from props to costumes that are literally all over, I think it's the second or third floor displays, to posters and even screen tests, you name it, they have it all saved here in this building. Now, talk about synchronicities of the universe. As I was walking into this building, I come across something very special and timeless. Um, I'm just going (laughs) to play it for you, but I just almost cried when I was able to witnessed this and was given the opportunity to view this very special screen test. So I'll just let you guys listen to everything. This is the, uh, the Elvis Presley that was used in Wait, what? Elvis Presley, blue suede shoes. Oh my screen gosh. Test. I can play the tracks here if you want to see it. Can I see it? Yeah. Oh my God, that is so cool. He's so young. If you look at can it, I can I hold it? Yeah, you can. Oh, oh, like can I hold the can? Like can I take a picture of it? Yeah. <laughs> my God, this is so cool! Oh my God. So yeah, I um, literally almost uh, cried over Elvis's blue suede shoes, but I literally had the opportunity to sit down and watch 1956 screen tests of Elvis Presley's blue suede shoes. And he was so young and so handsome and definitely so talented. That is definitely a memory that I will forever keep in my head for as long as I live. Now, um, Javier takes me to the second and third levels and he brings me to a couple of very interesting props that I'm just going to let him talk about. So there's two versions of the Ten Commandments. Yep. There's the Charleston Heston. Mm-hmm. And then there's a silent, a silent, era, silent uh, version of it. Okay. And so like CCB DeMille was very famous for his like huge sets that he would build. Um, so they actually build a set out in Guadalupe, California. Oh wow! And when they finished the when they finished the movie, he said bury it because he didn't want anybody else using his set. So they literally buried it under sand. And a few years ago, some um, archaeologists were like, "We want to kind of try to find this like it was like I think I've been like some like Hollywood uh, history buffs and like some archaeologists." They went out there to try to find it, and they mm-hmm. found. They found. So this is a piece of the set that they found over there. That that hieroglyph from nineteen twenty three. Temple, yeah. <gasps> and 
what what year did they find this? It was it was fairly recently, maybe like maybe like ten years ago, something like that. Whoa! Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool because yeah, it had been buried in the sand, you know, for for so long, you know, and then they were able to find this piece. Wow! And you know, the other stuff that we have, we have on here is just stuff that they um, our our archivists were able to like uh, identify and say, yep, that, w- that was from that movie, and we have it on here. Because, you know, because before they used to reuse a lot of props, so they used this ring in this movie, but they could have used it in five or six different other movies, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's true. And so they, they, they were able to, like, confirm, you saying, yep, we, I found this ring, yep, I'm able to confirm that it was, you know, um, used in the Ten Commandments, and so was, we have these little, you know, pieces from the silent era that's kind of cool that I always like to, like, point out, because that's, you know... Being a history nerd, and be like, mm-hmm. hey, look, this <laughs> Hollywood history, you know. Wow. And my favorite movie is Forrest Gump, so we got the. the hat oh, you got the, the hat! Yeah, yeah, the running shoes. Look at that. I could go on with the rest of the audio, but it's just me gleeing and squealing over props and costumes of some of my favorite films that I'm literally just standing six inches away from. A huge thank you, many thank yous, actually, to a couple of folks. Um, Definitely our friend Javier. Thank you so much for the invitation, for the tour and taking the time and your wealth of knowledge, especially the ghost stories. A big thank you to Paramount Pictures and the folks over at Paramount Archives. Thank you for letting me almost cry over Elvis Presley's 1956 screen test of blue suede shoes. Guys, if you want to see any pictures and actual visuals, the videos that I have taken at the archives and of course of Paramount Pictures and the lots, please head on over to our Instagram and TikTok and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal. If you love California history, Los Angeles history at that, then we highly recommend that you follow our friend Javier on TikTok and Instagram under Californiography. That's C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y, Californiography. And if you want to follow us or stalk us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hollywood Paranormal and Twitter at HWP Podcast. If you want to learn more about the podcast, right, you can head on over to our website. You can learn more about myself and Bryce by reading our bios, get caught up on our past episodes and seasons, browse around our delicious merch store, and also connect with our Patreon if you want to support the podcast. You can donate towards the podcast head on over to patreon.com forward slash hollywood paranormal and as little as one dollar or more per month for however many months you wish to help support the podcast you can do so through this website you'll be gifted in merch such as coasters keychains pins and stickers and magnets of course along with a thank you card and of course shout outs you'll also be able to be inducted into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club, which is a another little podcast that we have of ghost stories from our friends and neighbors and others who have had some pretty unusual experiences. And we definitely want to share those with you all if you can't get enough of Hollywood Paranormal. Some thank yous are also at hand. We want to say a big thank you and give a big shout out to our new Patreon members, Liz, Selena, Veronica, who welcome all you Holly weirdos. We are so happy to have you on board. So guys, if you also have a couple of moments, we would really love for you to rate and review our podcast on Apple podcasts. It helps us indie podcasters out a lot. It, you know, pushes us more out there to the public. And if you have a ghost story of your own that you would love for us to share on one of our listeners' tales episodes, a story that could scare the hell out of Bryce, then please send it our way over to hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. All right, friends, till next time, our next episode, get this, we're going to talk about one of LA's most haunted shopping malls with our friend Tim Roddy. Oh, yes. Does he have a heap of history and stories to share? Now, this is going to be a joint episode. Tim had given us 
um, full permission to um, bring on his episode and do a merger with us. And it's it's just such a great episode that we just didn't want to touch it. We just we're going to, you know, talk about it and just let him tell the story. It is so great. And the stories and accounts that he collected are just so scary. And we cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. So um, stay tuned for that. But till next time, friends, we hope that you had a wonderful Christmas and we hope that you all have a wonderful 2023. Here's to wonderful abundance, positivity, wealth, health, you name it. We hope that you all are experiencing it. We hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves. You're taking care of each other, taking care of those ghosts. All right, friends, till next time, stay Holly weird. Bye, friends. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.